Alright, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Turn Zero Gaming. This has been a very busy week if you've been hanging out with us on uh, Chad, well, Chazu's stream for uh, Tag, because we've been playing a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol, both uh, at the live shop on TTS, and Todd has been playing during the TTS League. So we have the full team here. How is everybody doing? I'm doing uh, great. Bad. bad. Real bad. Venom is phenomenal. Mike, if Mike is doing good and I'm doing bad, you know what happened. Yeah. If you were if you if you were watching the stream today, um, Mike had a good day. Chris and myself both had fairly meh bad days. So that's two to one. So it's a bad day. It's a bad day. Yeah. Actually, uh, this is a democratic state. Um, it's been bad for everyone here. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Mike, Mike, how are Mike you doing? Well, obsessed the natural order. It does. <laughs> it's an anomaly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not used to it. Like I don't know how to handle myself right now. But uh, celebrate, celebrate good times. Oh, I Come am. On. I got a drink in hand. Got some pretzels, and uh, I'm doing great. Venom is phenomenal. Um, <laughs> uh, Venom won a game for me today, even though Todd ignored him. I can't. So. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! I'm sorry. It was it was Venom and Black Widow. They you both won a game man. for me. God, you're oh boy. <laughs> 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 so yeah um, cheers yeah yeah cheers mike cheers good job man yeah that's why i waited to, <laughs> I waited to come you, home i waited to come home to say that because i didn't want you to beat me up um, yeah no we're we're really <laughs> proud of you we're we're glad we're glad things went well yeah, for you today yep real proud yep yep <laughs> you, know, you see listeners that's what two salty people sound like <laughs> we were gonna have a party for you over here tonight, but like you left, so yeah. oh. Oh, I'm so sorry I missed it. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to drink all the beer and yeah, all by ourselves. <laughs> we had a curb picked out to stomp you on and everything, but like that's all I, right. Yeah, I dusted the spot off, but you left. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's go. Let's go back in time to last weekend. We got last to, week was uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about a good week? Last week, whoo, man, last week was good. <laughs> Todd and I were having the time of our lives. Man, that was... Well, why, why don't you tell us, tell our listeners about it. It's been, like I said, it's been a long week. We have, we have played a lot of games this week. I think Mike lost three games last week. It was pretty... Yeah, it was bad. It was He was right where he was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I, I beat him soundly game one. Yeah, he got demoted to turn one gaming last week. That's why he wasn't on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's back, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have earned my spot back. Yeah. No, man. Last week y'all beat me like I owed you money. That's not true. Our game was close. It was close until you, you know, beat me <laughs> horribly. Um. Yeah. Mike and I played a game. Uh, Mike uh, tried to fight off BDT with uh, Modok and Rocket Boots. <laughs> yeah. Which went about as well. Well, no, not as well as expected because I thought it would actually do well, and it didn't. Yeah, yeah that was um that w- that was a fun test. We had gotten it from a listener question the week before, and yeah. we were like, "Hey, let's see what happens." It turns out if you when put Modok right next to Hulk, he just Hulk becomes a weapon. Yeah, BDM ended up being LDM. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which makes sense considering his proportions. Yes, yes, it actually does make perfect sense when you look at it that way. Oh, no. I feel I like we know. should have known that going into the game, but we I, missed it. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> hey, let's drop off uh, Modoc and Hulk together because having Hulk within range of one of Modoc is great playing against yeah. Thor. 
Huge power <laughs> spike. Two two strong characters right next to each other. Oh boy! Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, when Th- when when Ty attacked me with Thor, I only took two damage. Modoc yeah, the attacks st- weren't the problem. Modok got stunned from stuff being thrown at him. A truck, a Hulk. Yeah, Modok got dazed on turn one. If you want to know how that game went, and he didn't even attack him. <laughs> nope, not a bit. He attacked Hulk. Hulk only took two damage. I, di- I didn't. I didn't even get three damage. To get an extra die for Hulk's attack. Yeah, Thor attacked Hulk twice, did two damage, and Modok got dazed. <laughs> <laughs> and Modok is dazed. I played out the game. You I actually mean, pulled it back pretty well. I had to make Todd think a little bit. Because you got rid of Thor, and then I it was a Hulk-on-Hulk Hulk battle, but you already had nine damage on your Hulk. Otherwise... <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so vengeance is mine. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. And then we played... You were Cabal, and I was playing Wakanda. I keep trying to figure out this... I keep calling it the Wakanda reroll fiesta where, <laughs> well, where I play Wakanda with star Lord and then just reroll dice all the time. But when you roll skulls all day, <laughs> you roll a lot of skulls. That was, that was impressive. You might as well just stop attacking and go for the points, which I is how say, I ended up winning, but the attacks did not feel good. I, I will say that the reason I did better this week is because I learned Against ties because I learned from that game against you from last week. So I think this week I spent like thirty five power on rerolls and still. I think you did too. Got stomped. Yeah, I, I saw that that round with Modok where what was it? You spent seven power, rolled fifteen dice, dealt two damage, one damage. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was, if you couldn't see my face, I had a big smile on it. Oh man, Todd knows that feeling because he tried to do that to my Captain America with four of his characters and didn't do any no damage. Happens for some. For some reason, Captain America seems to be able to just not take damage in some games. Or you can not. do this all day. I, I don't... Eh. <laughs> I, see, I feel like the old Captain America... Uh, spoilers, if you have watched, haven't watched Infinity War, like just, just shuffle forward by like two minutes. But I feel like the old Captain America looking at you, young Captain America, and be like, come on, man. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> that... Mm. Yeah, you're, you're that you're that young cap who's like I could do this all day, and I'm old cap. I'm like, bro, not today. <laughs> cap did some dumb stuff today too. Yeah, cap. Well, yeah, cap just stayed off most of your team there that one round. Yeah, he yeah he fought off three or four people. Yeah, survived the Wakanda forever. Yeah, no big deal. Okay, it was a weak Wakanda forever. It, it was, was it was Okoye and Shuri. Like it wasn't designed to do a lot of damage. It was just to try to get you there. <laughs> I'm just too stubborn. <laughs> I'm just well. That's that's due to poor placement with Black Panther, though. That is, yeah, that's entirely right. my fault. If you ask me, he placed Panther perfectly. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> you, you don't, you don't want to hear your opponent <laughs> say that's, that, ever. which means you were dead wrong. <laughs> no, I think we learned some stuff from the games, though. Uh, Todd and I were just talking. Like, if I'm going to be spending 35 power on rerolls, there's probably other opportunities to use that power in a more effective way. Play tactics cards, evacuate citizens, <laughs> uh, use better than base attacks, or just Reroll on defense yeah. and stop trying to do five at a time on attacks or whatever nonsense I was doing. Yeah, so like the the conversation we had is um, maybe Wakanda benefits more from using the rerolls on the defensive side than the offensive side. Right, unless and, you're trying to finish off somebody with like two health left. Or right, or, or you're trying to do a high-value attack, right? Like maybe that's the place you save those offensive rerolls for because the investment into them um, can sometimes overextend what you're going to be able to do the rest of the turn. I was pretty impressed that I had the power consistently to be rerolling. Dude, you see the dice. objectives y'all were playing on? Like, That's j- true. Like, well, I wasn't really getting that much from them. We were playing on 
uh, the um, Infinity Formula, and I only had Shuri on it. And everybody got an extra attack die, so everybody had a higher attack value going in. So yeah. like, so like that's going to impact your power generation. Like that 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 those two scenarios set up that way are going to be a high power generating scenario. Yeah. Like that's just that's rough. And then just get my face beat off on all the attacks. Yeah. I will say Modok with two hammers seems pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. You think? Doesn't even need a doomsday chair. It's just like eight die mystic. Eight die mystic. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that all of a sudden becomes the best attack in the game with two yeah. hammers. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I think what's interesting is um since the last weekend, all of us have played a lot of games against a lot of us. And every time we come out of each of those games, we keep having the same conversation about uh, we've learned from the previous game something that makes us play better the next game. Because uh, Todd and I played three games in a row over the course of two days. You guys played games last weekend and then this weekend. And I think that's a really interesting testament to um, practice makes perfect. Now, I understand that during the virus, it's a lot more difficult to get out and actually play because not everybody's stores open, not everybody has the opportunity to get to a location to play. But um, kind of transitioning into the TTS League, something that I want to hear more from Todd, um, you can still practice and get reps in to understand interactions, understand placement, understand um, team dynamics and how these... Um, crisis cards interact because there's a lot of different variants in which you know you have 17 18 19, 15 through 20 points and you know getting to practice with your team over and over and over is actually very beneficial but uh todd i do want you to tell us a little bit about your uh, experience this week with tts oh man um like i haven't mentioned tts in like the the league so much in in three weeks um so I like I've I've had a, a a few reps on there that have gone like I haven't talked a whole lot about. Um, so Travis Foss, if you're listening from from uh, Australia, um, I hate you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was my only loss. He rolled me straight off the table. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would have loved to watch that game. Like <laughs> I I just got beat down hard. Um, and then. Uh, the interesting thing about the TTS League is that I've played no one from the continental U.S. at all. I've played two guys from the U.K. and two guys from Australia. Um, so scheduling has been super wonky. But at the same time, like I'm getting to play people completely outside of our meta, even nationally, right? Um, so I'm getting to see some interesting play styles and some interesting choices. Um, uh, th- this past week, I actually got to play one of our listeners, um, Wargaming Dad, uh, Wargaming Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been checking out the streams and he checks out the podcast. He's active in our Discord, um, and that was a super fun game. Um, man, I got to, I, I got to play a list that I've been working on on the side a little bit. Um, it's a seventeen point list. I'm planning on doing a write up about it. Um, my TTS roster has been evolving slowly over the course of this because each week. We're allowed to change either one card, objective, or character. So my list has been evolving as my plays are big, or, or are evolving through the TTS reps and everything. And I got to run this list for the first time against him this past week. Um, it was a dude is a super nice dude, man. Like he was a an absolute pleasure to play. Um, and I 
beat him 16 to 5 with a table wipe. Um, Why would you hurt him like that? He sounds like a nice guy. He's a super nice guy. Um, but I, I, I wanted to stress test that list and see what it was going to do. Uh, I knew he was playing a cabal heavy list. Um, so I knew it was going to be a brawl. Um, and Mike, he was playing Venom as well. Yeah, my boy. Yeah. yeah. Did he remember all his cabal triggers on like Mike? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He does. That do probably that. helped. Yeah. He already sounds better than me. Yep. He uh, he remembered his triggers. Yep. Um, he was playing. Make sure I get it right. He was playing Red Skull, Modok, Venom, and Killmonger. That sounds like the list we played, Mike. Was that <laughs> when he put together last weekend? So that's the list. That's the list I used to play. Um, Back in the beginning, remember I'd run yeah. that four activation seventeen point list. So when I saw him put it on the table, I was super familiar with I, not with Venom, of course, because I hate Venom. Um, well, yeah, I, I ran it with Ultron in that spot because we also didn't have Venom at that point. Um, and if we did, I still wouldn't run him. Uh, just a play choice, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> but I ran I ran Ultron in that spot, and um, it, it's just a, a super aggressive list. So I had an idea of how the play was going to go. Um, and I was playing Cap, uh, Marvel, Vision, and Thor, um, which I've affectionately termed the uh, Oprah Winfrey show. So, if you're in the Discord, you'll get that. <laughs> and why? Why is that? Because some of our listeners should be in the Discord, but might not be right now. And uh, <laughs> I think there's a great reason well, why it's called the <laughs> Oprah Winfrey show. Well, <laughs> if everybody listening right now will take a look underneath your seat. I've got something special for you. What is it? It's a throw. It's a throw. Is it a car? No, it's a throw. No. No, it's no. No, it's a throw. You get a throw. You get a throw. You get a throw. I'm gonna throw you at that guy over there who gets a throw. Yeah. So that was that was kind of the theme of the list, and it worked really well. Um, I I I used um I used Modok as a missile a lot. Venom his his Venom became very familiar with his. Uh, Modoc's backside a couple of times, um, but like that, uh, and that was kind of the. I wanted to test that list to see how it do, it does, um, it, and it it plays pretty much the way I expected it to. Um, I, I think the thing that really swung it for me was being able to limit the play area and confine his escape routes, um, and, and making him play on a smaller portion of the table. Uh, the game is actually up on the Twitch stream as well, if anybody wants to check it out. Um, it was. It was a super fun game, though. Like, it was a brawl. Like, we, we just straight up Donnie brooked it. So, and, that, and that's a fun change. Like, every now and then, like, you, you like to have a good scrap. And that was a good scrap. All right. So, um, the big meat and potatoes of this episode is actually going to be talking about uh, BDT versus the Wakanda kids. So, if you haven't heard about this list, well, we've talked about BDT plenty. But if you haven't heard about the Wakanda, I believe it's Wakanda Wave or something like that. Um there was an article written by Xavier Protocols, and they created this list where it's uh, Black Panther, Shuri, Okoye, Valkyrie, and Dr. Octopus. And a lot of people asked if we thought it was good. They asked what they thought, what we thought uh, the matchup ratio would be, because, um, you know, it was claimed to have been a favorable matchup. Um, there was, there's all kinds of speculation about, hey, can it win? Will it win? How does it work? Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, if you didn't watch, we actually streamed, what was it, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, we streamed three games. So, I think it was Monday. Uh, Monday, we did one game. 
with the the original list, we made a couple adjustments to the lineup and the tactics cards, and then we played two more games the next day. No, no, we did two and then uh, two. We did two game one and two, and then we did game three, and then we played a funsies game afterwards yeah, something on like that. the next day. So basically, what we did was the very first game was taking the article and playing the list against BDT as as verbatim as possible. So we were uh, attempting to simulate a player who had never played Wakanda Kids, had no idea what BDT was, taking the information in the article, following the instructions, and seeing if they could win the game. Uh, very shortly, we determined it cannot. Uh, this is not really a slight being thrown at anyone in particular. We're not really trying to prove, hey, you know, you're terrible at anything or you're good at anything. We just wanted to see if someone can, you know, literally follow this this flowchart of turn one, do this, turn two, do this, turn three, do this, so on and so forth, and, you know, win the game. And in our testing, we discovered that it was uh, extremely unfavorable to the Wakanda Kids list. So after taking that data, um, we sat down and talked for a moment about the lineup. We talked about the um, crisis cards. We talked about the team tactics cards, and we talked about the setup. A lot of the turn zero stuff actually um and discovered that there were opportunities where we could tighten up the setup we could tighten up the crisis cards chosen and we could tighten up the uh, tactics cards because hammer we, we started with hammers and gamma shelter and the the economy kids list seemed to have a very significant deficit because some of the key players were sitting on hammers, but then you're also expected to play cards like uh, Wakanda Forever. There was uh, Patch Up. There, there was all kinds of cards that became instantly more expensive and was somewhat prohibitive because now you either have to choose to play a tactics card or you have to choose to score points. And neither of those is good for that list because it needs to do both and not be uh, hindered by just the game uh, crisis cards you're playing. The other problem we found out very quickly was um, the list is very squishy, and the BDT list can run up, step on someone, daze them, and steal the hammer, and you can never, ever get it back. There's almost nowhere for you to re-grab that hammer, and so now you have a daze character, you're losing victory points, your opponent is in your face, and you're just you're hitting all these like flowchart marks on your checklist of like don't do these things um so we we really todd and i sat down and we, we had some really good discussions um and i'd like to hear your thought process on that because now we're at the point of we've we've played one game we've discovered a lot of things that didn't work and we begin to speculate on how to correct those um i don't think they're errors i just think we're trying to correct the the list to be more efficient and more threatening to BDT because we know it has the capacity to do it. It just isn't able to do it rushing down the field trying to punch Thor in the face. So can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So if let's let's take BDT out of the picture. I know we're talking about this deck versus this this list versus BDT. How would, would the Wakanda Wave list do in any other fifteen point matchup where BDT wasn't its 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 opponent? Like you think I think it's good. I, I think it's very good, I, and, and I think it's disruptive enough that it could... Ba All right, so based on the article that was written and the way it was described to play, um, I think that play strategy works 
against the majority of the list you're going to run into at 15 points. Um, I actually disagree, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I mean, I I think it's it's above average in every department at 15 from that court from that from that base right up. It's above average against the majority of lists at 15 points. What do you think? Um, for those of us that haven't read the article, do we know what the lineup and tactics cards and objectives are? There you go. Well, that's probably a good question. Yeah. So we went over the uh, the characters, but we'll do it again. So we have Black Panther, Okoye, Shuri. So you have the Wakanda affiliation, uh, Dr. Octopus, and Valkyrie. The crisis cards were not, I don't believe they were, were they posted on that list? Um, because the, the list was pretty much going over Wakanda kids into BDT and then everybody else. Um, the crisis cards are going to be very dependent on the player. Like I, I pick ones that most people probably aren't going to pick or might argue about. Um, but we can talk about the team tactics cards because those were in the article. So you have um, Wakanda Forever, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, and I don't remember what the two two cards are called. I think it's one's Tactical Analysis. So you pay power to move short. And then there is the um, the Wakanda card that you can give yourself invulnerability for one turn and you pay X power. And that's how big your bubble is in range for who gets the ability. Vibranium uh, shielding. Vibranium yeah, shielding. vibranium shielding. So uh, those, those were the five cards that the article suggested. Uh, the problem I ran into with hammers was I never had enough power to do those cards like I never played vibranium shielding I never played um tactical what did I call that the the pay power move short tactical analysis yeah tactical analysis never paid paid for that never got to pay for patch up because everybody was trying to grab hammers and score because the article recommends using a Koye and Dr. Octopus on the outside setup and then you run down the field, You they both grab hammers, and then they run to the center. Well, then Todd was like, oh, okay, I'm going to throw Thor into a Koye stunner and steal the hammer. And now Thor's swinging at me with seven dice for the rest of the game, and I'm like, oh, well, I uh, I literally gave him victory points. That felt bad. And even if he doesn't score the center point, it doesn't matter, because now he just has the firepower to literally step on whoever he wants. Like, seven, seven dice plus a throw is very, very powerful. <laughs> so you, you really don't want to do that to BDT. Against other lists, kind of like Todd was saying, the the predication of the game is rolling dice and dealing damage. And I understand that's kind of a core fundamental concept. Um, but in my head, there is a detriment because when you deal damage, if you're not in a prime position to... Um, days or somehow limit the character you're attacking quickly, like within the next round, you're giving them power and you're not stopping them. Because like, say for example, you run into Thor's a great example. You run into Thor and deal four damage. Well, you didn't kill him. You didn't daze him. You gave him four power, which means a free throw or a free charge, which could turn into an extra free throw from the attack. And then he could generate an additional singular power and throw something into you or throw you. So you've basically given your opponent tools. And then if they go first in the next round, you just basically 
gave them more opportunities to hurt you. So I'm of the opinion that like using especially the Wakanda kids, you want to not attack as much as possible, push your opponent off points, grab points, run away, soak points, win the game. If you have to attack, you have to attack. Like the game I played with Todd where we were playing funsies at 19 points, there came a point where I decided to attack him because it was a very opportune moment. But for the most part, I just ran away from him and scored points and just, you know, didn't give him power. And um, so I think the, the Wakanda list going into other lists can work. Absolutely. But I still don't think running into the, I don't think running down the field because it literally says uh, you throw you go last with Shuri. You throw Panther second to last. You throw Valkyrie or you, you throw Valkyrie as your third activation down the middle to counter by throwing someone off the point. Then you throw Panther down the middle. Then you use Shuri to shoot people off the, the middle point. Um, I mean, if you're going to be very, very, very aggressive, sure, that's an opportunity to play the list very aggressive. Um, it's just that I don't feel like that is what the list is strong at. I feel like it's capable of dealing damage, sure, but it's way better at grabbing points, throwing people off, scoring outscoring your opponent and then running away and they can't stop you yeah i, I think it's I, I think something might have been lost in translation because i i think is it's a much better control list than an aggressive list and i i think i think the intent with what jacob had put out there was for it to be an aggressive control list and and i think some of that might have been lost in translation because when, when i see the list on paper it makes perfect sense like i can see what it's trying to do it, like without like if I just saw the list and he's like like this is my 15 point list for gamma shelters here's what I'm playing oh cool we got pushes we got throws um, so we're trying to control the center line as aggressive aggressively as possible get as many points early like that all makes sense um, so I think there might have been something lost in translation there um, but I, I got it in my head and I, I kind of knew what to expect from it. Um, before Sugi and I played um, at all, I actually put the two lists together on TTS and just kind of simulated playing both sides. Um, and it could score. Like, it, it definitely can score points. Um, but to Sugi's point, the list is super squishy. Um, you've got three of your five characters only have three base physical defense. Um, and into a list like BDT that's packing cap... Thor and Hulk, um, they're all doing chunks of physical damage. Um, and with the addition of the Gamma Launch to get in there quickly, if if you try and stretch the middle of the field and come out there too quickly, um, you're going to leave yourself exposed. Um, and, and you may score points there. And as a BDT player, I'm fine giving up points in the early round. Um, that, that doesn't stress me as much. I, and I'm fine... And, and Sugi can attest to this. I'm fine going into the end of round one, six to two. Um, and, and I'll still play through it. Yeah, because you're not actually winning the game. And I know this sounds crazy, but um, in that first test game we played, I, that's exactly what happened. I had six, he had two. Um, but his Thor was in the middle of the field. I had three models in the middle of the field. And that turns into someone's getting thrown into someone else. And somebody was one or two characters dazed by the end of round one. 
uh, two. So round, no, no, yeah, round, yeah, round one, two. You got a Koye and you got Valk. Yeah, and then I took Valk out the top around two. Yeah, so it, the game was pretty much over because my biggest beater is gone. Um, I I can't contest the um, hammer you stole from Koye. I didn't have enough power to ever use bodyguard before she died because you you run down the field and spend one power to pick up the hammer, and then you don't have any power and then turn two you have one power and then turn three if you're still alive you don't you can't bodyguard valk you can't bodyguard panther because they're just gone um and we we actually talked about that which gave us the opportunity to switch up the setup um but yeah that that was the thing is there's a difference between aggressive control and um manipulation control and in my head, like being aggressive with a list like that, that's a control list, is literally feeding the beast. And that was the conversation we had. Yeah. And game two and game three, we proved that not feeding the beast puts BDT in a significantly worse position than running down the field trying to be, you know, aggressive and put pressure on Thor. And that's exactly what he that's that is literally what Thor wants. He wants to have targets, 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 because he's gonna go attack a bunch of them. And then go first in the round two and kill someone or day someone and you're just out of activations and Thor's sitting there with a smile on his face because you literally fed the beast and did exact you're doing exactly what the BDT player wants you to do. And in order to beat BDT, you have to do everything they don't want you to do. Yeah. And and the other beautiful thing about that is you're running five activations. So I can daze two characters in a round and still keep priority going into the following round, um, which feels real good as a, as the BDC player. Cause I, I, I don't have to hold back on attacks. I don't have to pick a singular priority target. I, I get to go as hard as I want into as many targets as I can and do as much impact as possible. Um, and, and, and that's the other, so that's kind of like the catch 22 with the wide lists at the lower point totals as, as long as this BDT thing is, is viable. Um, like the wider lists give that, give the BDT list an option to go even harder. Like it doesn't make hard, it, it doesn't have to make hard decisions in the early rounds because it's always going to keep priority. So even if you daze Thor, he's still going first next round. Um, and, and that's that's where that list just eats you up. So we, we took all this information that we've just discussed, and I, I really do uh, recommend that people who are listening go and watch those three games because you, you see this nice evolution of the list, the play styles, both for me and for Todd, but we get to the point where um, the Wakanda Kids list gets pretty much stepped on in game one. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. Like It was just an uphill battle and Todd Todd had so much advantage it was ridiculous um so we go to game two after having a pretty good long conversation I think we talked for like what an hour over lunch just trying to yeah figure all these things out um so we get to game two and turn one I actually don't put anybody on the center point and I'm able to use Shuri to push off uh Cap and Thor yeah. And, so and I, I made a I made a pretty egregious error there where I actually held 
the uh, the gamma launch. I, I should have taken the gamma launch into Shuri, even though she was off the center line, because that that would have at least kept pressure on. Uh, and, and that was that was a big misstep in in my play. Um, and, and and I think that that skewed the game and put me in a much more difficult position because I lost the ability to get the back-to-back activations off of Thor. Yeah, so the the biggest discussion we had was completely shutting down Thor's four actions in a row because it would be end of round one, Thor takes two actions, and then you start round two, and Thor goes immediately. That, that was an instant auto-loss almost immediately like someone is going to daze someone's going to die or multiple people like you're, you're just going to lose the game if thor gets to go four actions in a row plus throws and whatever else he has so that was the biggest thing i had figured out i had to do was i have to stop thor turn one if i can do that i have a major major opportunity to not just lose the game in turn one and turn two so we accomplished that um, we also figured out that Shuri is a critical crux of that list. If you can kill Shuri early game, it's going to make the, the Wakanda kids sweat real hard. You can still win, but it gives the BDT player a lot more room to flex because Shuri can't push everybody around. So round one, um, the enti- my entire team is spread out on the outside of the map. So that way, if Thor decides to gamma launch, he can only get one character thrown into another character. So we're never we're never going to see three characters getting just beat down into the dirt by Thor, which I think was critical. Yeah, I, I think I could have, if I take the jump, turn one, and and take the attack on Shuri, throw her ch- towards your Valkyrie. I think I come out of that position in a different position going into round two. Um, and, and I think that was a critical error for me um, because it sets the tempo for the game. Uh, the turn one with BDT is, is pretty crucial to make sure that you can control tempo and, and at least make them have to have hard decisions going into round two. Uh, and I didn't do that. Like, and, and that, that felt really that, that felt like a, a giant misstep for me. Yeah, the other thing we that I decided to do, because I think, and I still believe this isn't a, a really strong play for the Wakanda list, is I did not actually move Valkyrie. She's set on the back point. And I know that some people disagree with me, and that's, that's fine. This is my opinion. But it made Todd leery of coming into the backfield, because the moment he did, I have Dr. Octopus and I have Valkyrie in range to counter throw him back so i'm sitting on objective points i have board control if he decides to become aggressive he can only get one character into another character and whoever he gets is going to be able to get in his face throw him away and sure i might take some damage but thor won't score points which essentially makes thor useless like yes taking damage is bad but if you are if you start turn one at a six to two lead, Thor runs up and doesn't daze somebody and you throw him off a point, then he didn't do anything. Like you're still scoring points and you're pushing that lead even further away. And then it becomes a game of survival and attrition, which is exactly what happens. You score so many points that they can't outscore you, so they have to try and kill you, and then you just run away and 
they generally can't get to you in time. Uh, but I was able to that game. <laughs> you you were able to because I did what Chat wanted me to do and gave it through. I threw the game. I, I really did. But we both we both knew that was a terrible decision. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, well, we had, we had talked about that. Like the the other option was where you were gonna put her, um, put Valkyrie, and we talked through that point too. And and I think, I think either way, um, like if if we take out my bad play turn one and we take out your bad play there, I, I still think that that game comes out the same. I think you outscore me, um, but I think I still table it. Possibly, it's very possible. Um, so the nuts and bolts of game two, there's there's a lot of thought processes, um, but it comes it came down to uh, Todd was able to table the Wakanda list. There were some pretty good dice rolls both on both parties, yeah. um, but nothing so drastic that I think it really influenced the course of the game. Like both players, we, we both played really well, but we saw an evolution. It was so. Oh, I should also mention this. Uh, we took out. We, I took out because I had no interest in playing tactical analysis or vibranium shielding. Um, so we. I put in uh, R and D, and I put in field dressing, and both of those cards paid dividends in that game. So my uh, tactics list was uh, field dressing, patch up, brace for impact, uh, Wakanda forever, and R and D. So now I have the capacity to use my um, as guardians to just soak a bunch of power and then spread it out with R&D, which is actually what happened more in both games is Valkyrie was sitting on four or five power and I just used R&D to spread it out to the rest of the team. Um, and Wakanda Forever, I'm still kind of fidgeting on because it's only ever been Shuri shoots. Um, there really isn't a time like... And we'll get into this in game three, but there's no time I really want Panther to attack or Koei to attack because I just don't want to feed. I do not want to feed Todd power ever for any reason, as as little as humanly possible. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like, a good way to cut down on the um, the power creep with the uh, the BDT list is to try, and avo- try to avoid feeding it. Um, not even for the Panther push? So, I mean, I think the Panther yeah. push is fine. Um, hear me out. What if you only re- when necessary? What if you use his reroll to reroll a hit into a miss, and then you just I get did. The push? He did. Nice. I did that. Nice. Yeah. I specifically rolled it where I had uh, one hit showing, and I rerolled it, so I missed it because because Hulk was he at, didn't specifically uh, roll it, so he had one hit. He got lucky and rolled it and had one hit. Well, I I rolled it so it wouldn't hit because Hulk was at two damage. I didn't want him to have another die back into Panther. So like, if you're just basically looking for the control aspect of it. Why? And, and, and throws is your big thing. Why run Wakandans? Well, so we were specifically doing this list because people wanted us to test it. They, they had asked, hey, can you please run this list? How does it do? Can it win? What do you do to win? Like it, I, I want to change a significant amount of the list. Personally, I like kind of the concept, but this was basically a... a scientific test to gather data um more or less because a lot of people are asking about it did you feel while you were playing the list like you couldn't control the way you wanted to because you felt pressure from taking um 
off shelter damage? No, I took off shelter damage a lot. You're fine. You're fine with it. It doesn't feel. It doesn't make you feel rushed or anything. No, 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 no. I my my goal is to win. I don't care how I win. And uh, one damage from a shelter. If I'm scoring points, I'll take a damage. I don't care. One damage from a shelter from being off shelter and. Is better than taking a door to the face. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah sure. No, 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 no. But, and and it's not so much like it's not worth the trade off. It's it if at any point did you feel like you were getting close to being in like one hit KO range where you where you felt like you needed to make a play that wasn't optimal to avoid dying for something like that. No, okay. I I completely ignored the shelters. I could couldn't care less what was going on with the shelters. The only time I ever cared about the shelters was keeping Todd off and letting me score. Um, but like turn one, Panthers out of shelter range, Akoi's out of shelter range. Um, when, when we played, I should clarify game two, we played spider infected and game three, we played civilians. So, um, I'm just, I'm, I ran up, grabbed a point and forced Todd to either gamma launch into Panther alone, gamma launch into Akoi alone, gamma launch. Actually, I kept a uh, Valkyrie back off of the, uh, in the third game, I kept her off of the shelter. So, Ock is scoring the shelter. Valkyrie is far, far enough away where she's going to take a damage. And, um, yeah, two, three, three out of five characters in my list. And the reason why I ask is because Todd talks a lot about, specifically with, with BDT, like um, decreasing the size of the playable field. Like, he wants you to play on the center because that's where it feels safe to play. But And I wanted to know from you, because you're doing the opposite, whether or not you felt like it was a liability to be taking that damage or if it was all right. So that's something that people should be exploring a little more is play off the point a little bit. You know, it's okay to take a damage or two. No, they as long stay as it, on the line. As long as it keeps you away from stay the, on the, line, the Thor train. Don't listen to these guys. Just stay on the line. <laughs> so I can Todd, – Todd lost game three. And there were there were some dice rolls. If you wanna, uh, uh, I, there's more than dice rolls, but like there's 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 more than dice rolls. Yes, I agree. But the the idea is so, uh, ironically, as a control player looking at BDT, uh, BDT is actually a control list, whether you believe it or not. I've said that. Like that, I have absolutely said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you're not very fluent with control, the the idea of a control list is to manipulate the flow and tempo of the game, uh, a term that Todd has used. And the intent of a control list is to control how the opponent plays, trying to stop you. And so a lot of people fall into the trap of um, BDT wants the field to be very very narrow. BDT wants you to attack into them because it makes Hulk bigger and it powers up Thor. They want you to give them more options for Thor and Hulk to throw, and they want you to come to them. So if I can actually walk up to Todd and steal his entire strategy away from him and force him to play my way where I'm not going to come to the middle, I'm going to make the board as big as humanly possible. I am not going to attack him and give him power. I'm going to push his characters away so he, he has to spend power to just get back to me, which means he doesn't have power to throw or to charge. I'm going to do all these things he doesn't want me to do, and I'm going to control the match my way. And I think that's something people need to start exploring is BDT is an aggressive list, but it's it's a 100% a control list. 100%. I, I will add, I think I still win game three if I don't miss that play with a Koye. 
I would have tabled. I would have tabled you again. It's it's possible. Yes, it is. There's a lot of it's. There's a lot of it's possibles. Yes, that, I, that was very possible. Like it is very possible. I mean, that's that's the thing is it's possible. I could have won game two if I did something different. You could have won game two if you did something. Well, I could have lost game three if you did something. Like there's a lot of maybes. Yep. But the re- the reality is it the list actually came through and won the game. Yes. So it can be done. I agree. And 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 that's the thing. Like th- this does still have a, a certain percentage of chance in the game. Um and, and that's important to keep in mind when you're trying to play against the list it is that there is the option for things to not go exactly the way you plan and you have to be able to be flexible in in your game plan. Um and I think that's why game two is probably one of the more interesting games because you were able to get out so far ahead that I had to change strategies mid-game and, and adjust my how I was going to play that game because I knew I wasn't going to catch you on points and had to go for a different win con, um, which, which is not a typical win con that I try to go for with that list. Uh, as aggressive as that list is, that like that might have been one of the maybe two games that I tabled somebody with it. Um, like I, it is not a, a common occurrence for me to table. It's more common for me to score sixteen points before it is for me to table somebody. Um, right. And, and, and going into the game, that's what I needed to do. Is I need to strip you of everything you're comfortable with. You're comfortable with sixteen points. You're comfortable with a whole bunch of bodies in the middle of the table. You're comfortable with me coming to you. So I'm going to do every the exact opposite. Yeah, and I've adjusted my play with this list too. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, um, <laughs> there, there, there has been adjustments, and we'll probably play it again and test it again. Um, the takeaway, even though it put pressure on you, game two, and it won game three is that it is a incredibly high risk list this this is not going to be something that you can watch and listen to this podcast and just instantly duplicate it because you heard me tell you what i did that is not the case you have to set up turn you have to set up round three and round one you have to predict what your opponent's going to do in round two you have to force really bad plays there absolutely is a luck factor involved. Um, you have to minimize the amount of options your opponent has, which does mean you're going to take some damage off of Gamma Shelters. Um, there's a lot of things you have to do that are kind of counterintuitive to the game as a whole. Like I said, I purposefully did not attack Todd at all. When I did attack Todd, I re-rolled my own dice to not deal damage. Um, I, I was forced to attack one round with Valkyrie to try and gain a power. If I hadn't have done that, or hadn't have needed the power, I would not have attacked whatsoever. Um, there, there are just so many things the list does well when you're play- when you're not playing BDT's game. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I think I, I think that is definitely one of the strengths of the list is it it doesn't have to play your opponent's game. You can skew the game to make them play a little differently than I want. Uh, or then a little differently than they want, I should say. Uh, and and that's part of the reason why I like the list. Like when I look at the list on paper, like that's the part of it that I see. Um, now, the, the problem with the list for me, uh, from a competitive standpoint, if I was taking it to a tournament, um, there seems to be so many tough decision points that you have to make 
round by round and match by match that I feel like it would be um, a somewhat draining list to play over a long day. Ha! That's an understatement. Um, so where where BDT for me, like there's there's still decision points in that list, right? Um, but it's much more streamlined decisions and you're able to be, all right, do I go for the the attack with the throw or do I go for the throw for the impact and the, the points? Like I feel like the decision points in BDT are much more streamlined. It's a little bit easier list to navigate across a long tournament. Uh, not saying it's it's easy to play effectively or whatever, but like it is definitely less decision points, primarily because you have less characters to worry about. Yeah, it's sort of like control light. Yeah, like you still have to make decisions. You still got to play around what your opponent's doing, but it it's still sort of a blunt object. It is a little bit blunt. Well, I mean, which is fine, but it, it's like know, a claw hammer, right? Like yeah. it's got a blunt end, and it's got an end you can do some finesse right, with. Right there, you go. But the thing is, if you make an error. It's not the end of the world, but if you make an error with the Wakanda kids, you've probably lost the game. You've probably, at the minimum, lost a character, and that's like the least worst thing that could happen. Yeah, like that's that's the thing, right? Like, like with with the BDT list, the way that list was designed is oh boy, somebody got days. All right, now they're better. Um, like both Thor and Cap get better when they're dazed. Um, Hulk, you're gonna have to put up ton of work into and he's going to get better with his attacks so like the the basic core of that list was designed around the idea that when you are successful i'm going to punish you next time even more um or, or make it harder to deal with even more um and, and that's really the basis of that list of that and along with throws like i could do an entire podcast on throws yeah well we'll probably get to that point but that that was the idea of if I don't attack him, he'll never use field dressing. So one of his five cards is useless. If I don't attack him, he won't use patch up. That card is useless. If I don't attack him, he won't use brace. That card is useless. So what do you have left now? Recalibration matrix and what? What? Gamma launch? Okay, we know you're going to use gamma launch. So now you're sitting on recalibration matrix. If I don't attack you, you don't use it. So I've just turned off four of your five cards. That feels really good, in my opinion. Like, being able to strip away your game plan, being able to strip away your options, being able to strip away your strategy, and completely invalidate four of the five cards you brought, I am okay with that. Because all of my cards are still online, and you're never going to use any of your cards. Great. Yeah, so certain cards, certain tactic cards, do become a little bit less playable. Uh, in these situations, like they're they're still valuable to have in the off shot. Like, say he does attack with Black Panther or Valkyrie gets through and he rolls the nuts. Like, you still want to be able to patch up, right? Um, but with the reduced amount of attacks, those cards feel a little bit less impactful. Um, and after playing the game the first two times, I realized that Brace just felt like a dead card. Um, and at best, he was going to throw maybe a size three into me, but he's also primarily going to use those throws to keep me off points, not necessarily to do damage. Um, so the main change that I made to counteract some of that, uh, some of the pushing and the throws was I actually dropped Brace and put in um, Avengers, uh, Avengers Assemble. Um I felt like the other two cards were still valuable throughout. Uh, recalibration matrix is always going to be valuable for a good reroll in a bad spot. Um, and of course, gamma launch. Gamma launch is playable 
and and pretty much any of the situations. Um, but but it definitely does take cards like patch up off, and it def- like I, I never used a brace in any of the three games. Uh, I might have used it to stop a damage one time for no apparent reason when it could have just given me power. So yeah, so there's a there's a couple adjustments. Like the, the only adjustment that I've made to that list at all through all three of those games was I put um, an Avengers Assemble over Brace. And, and I don't... I, Recal- I don't- Recalibration Matrix works when you attack me, but I was just not going to attack you, so I couldn't roll the nuts. And then you're like, okay, Recal Matrix. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to give you the opportunity to stop me from doing what I want to do. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, the Recal is online for me to use with a Thor attack to dig for a throw um, or, or to maximize damage. So like recal is fine. Like I, I still keep it. Like there's there's no instance right now, as far as I can see in this game, where I don't value the opportunity to, to correct a bad roll. Sure, but I'm limiting the options for you to do it because in the previous games, I attack you, you have an opportunity to use it. Then you attack me, you have an opportunity to use it. Now you're just attacking me, so I'm I'm cutting out well, right, a significant but as, amount of opportunities on both ends. Sure, but as as you were saying, like when when you take the non-aggressive approach and you're just trying to play the push and throw game, um, it, it's still completely valuable to me to be able to maximize an attack, um, and and I will I will keep that like that that still doesn't feel like a dead card, uh, but definitely patch up and like field dressing. Those cards don't feel good in that matchup at all. Um, but for the off shot that, like, you do roll the nuts accidentally on one of your attacks, like, both of those are still solid options. I, I, I have made some adjustments, though, to, like, play style with the list, um, mainly due to the game with that. Um, like, that's only the second game that I've lost with that list. Um, so, like, that was um, even to have at this point with the number of reps that I have with that list. To have a game where I'm like, all right, I don't like the feel of this. How do I play this differently? Um, is is a big enough change for me to actually look at it and be like, I feel comfortable in saying that I'm going to win 75% of my games. I don't care how many games I've played and how many I've won or lost. Like, I don't give it that rating. Um, I still feel like I'm good enough with that list and I'm comfortable enough with it. And it's dependable enough that I can count on three out of four maybe. Um and, and my my record's probably my record's probably closer to like what would you say, Chris? Twenty five and two. Yeah, actually, I think that's it because I know I got you once. Um, that's only, but you're the only other person who's got me once, yeah. and that was because I went wide. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that wasn't even anything I did on my end. It was just you were trying to play around Loki, and yeah, ended up going outside, and it didn't work right. Yeah. So it was definitely like it was definitely a game that made me think more about my my play strategies, like. The, the only thing that really bugs me, like that last game in particular, was the, the play with Okoye. Because I feel like that lost me the game. Because um, I, I was in position to make the right call. Uh, and I even knew it as soon as I, I took the call. I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Um, I, so the play, so, so it's laid out. Like if you watch the last round of the stream on game three, I had a play into... Um, Okoye to generate power to set up for a God of Thunder and hit his other two characters. Um, and I hit the wild on the, the base attack. So I took the throw instead of taking the damage. So I was one power short of being able to 
complete the God of Thunder play on his other two characters, which would both been into base three um, defenses and have enough power to throw, which would have been a board wipe. To be fair to you, that's probably the only time you've actually considered using that attack. Uh, I, I think I've made, I think I might have used that attack twice. Um, Ever. Yeah. <laughs> and both of those were in the games we played. Now, can you clarify how you would have dealt damage or how you would have gained the power? Because you, you said you were, you were, instead of taking the damage, you should have gotten the power. Like So I, I rolled the damage to kill Okoye, um, which would have given me the power back that I needed to be able to both throw and pop off a God of Thunder. So I needed to four. I, I was sitting, I think I was sitting at five power. I needed to have nine to complete the God of Thunder and a throw. And you, um, and you threw her. And I threw her, which dealt one damage to her, and then dealt three damage, which only gave me three power. And then you were short one to do both. To do both. To do. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and that was that was a very defining moment because that takes out a Koye. And I think Ak was sitting at like two health left. Uh, and I think Valkyrie was sitting at like one or two health left. Like they were both pretty soft at that point. And they would have had seven die energy attacks going into both of them. And a throw. And a throw. So, like, whoever doesn't get – if if they don't get got, like, I'm going to get them anyway. Well, so so if the game comes down to that, like, that decision of whether to throw Koye or just do the, the base damage and get, to get the extra one power, if it came down to that one decision, then after the changes that were made in Sugi's play style, it seems like – it could be pretty competitive. There's actually a second mistake Todd made, and I told him about it before he yeah. did it. Um, and that was, I was sitting on an instant game win. All I had to do was use Dr. Octopus to pick up a citizen token. I would score it. And then my Black Panther was so far in the back corner, I would just instantly score a point. And I would I'd basically pick up the token, spend six power, score two points, go to 15, my Black Panther, he can't touch. There's no way for him to get to him. I score 16 points at the end of round three, and I win the game. And I, he moves up his Hulk to my Dr. Octopus. That was game two. I, yeah. No, no, that was game three. That's how I won game three is I scored you because you said, I'm going to attack. And I was like, if you don't, and I had a fully oh, healthy that's right. that's Dr. Right. Octopus. And I told Todd, you can watch this on stream. I told him, if you don't kill him right now, I win the game. And he was like, "Okay, whatever." And he attacked Doctor Octopus. Yep. He did not kill him. Yep. And then he and then he threw him. And I'm like, "Cool." I double move medium, pick up the token, and win. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that." And so if you, he, he was like, "Oh, I should have just thrown you." I was like, y- "Yeah, you, you should have th- thrown thrown me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, there was a, there was a couple play mistakes that could have could have really swung the outcome of that. Um, and and I think it goes back to that God of Thunder play. Because I think Ak was the other one that was right there to get wrecked by the God of Thunder play, um, and then take a throw. But like, I mean, neither here nor there at this point. Like, I- I'm I'm happy to run it back. I think I think the game was really good at strengthening decision points. Um, I know I learned I know I learned um, a lot more about throws and playing my angles correctly. Because um, that was that's always been kind of a, a weird situation making sure you have the angles for the throws and making sure the positioning is correct. So, like, anything I can do to fine-tune those kind of plays is super important. Ready, Captain? I'm ready to take calls from the public. Okay, cool. 
Um, so we're going to do some questions, man. Thank you guys for all the questions in the Discord. We're not going to be able to hit all of these tonight, um, but we're definitely going to pick out quite a, uh, at least three or four. Um, so we'll start with this one from the Noble I like. Um, the Noble 11.7 asks, how many characters do you think would be too much for an affiliation? Like most of the good guys releasing have all been Avengers at one point or another. Should they make an updated card with all of them in it? No. Oh, oh I <laughs> see what you're saying now. I, th- I thought, yeah. Uh, so like, like we've got Guardians, right? Guardians has got what, six or seven characters on the card? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I think five's a solid number. Like, I think five's a good number too. Like, I, I six to me seems like a lot. Like, I feel like you're never gonna run the whole team anyway, right? Um, and and I don't think you're ever gonna have a team where you run an entire affiliation, except for BDT Guardians, well, maybe just because their point totals are low. And the Oprah Winfrey show. See, <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I I think I like six because it gives you options for that. Like, if I want to play Avengers, I got options. I don't. Have- I want to play Avengers. I don't have to play these set characters. So here's the and thing. Here's the thing. At six, I'm not done. All right. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to mention Winter Soldier. You do have him as a flex for that six spot. I don't too. want Winter Soldier as a flex. So I want another Avenger. I want seven. Well, so, and, all right, all right. My, my thing is like to add to this question. I think four is too little. I'd agree. Like, like Wakandans. Like I love the affiliation, but if I play with Condens, I gotta play with three of the four, no yeah, matter what. Yeah, yeah. And it's those three of that four. Yeah, and, and that irritating. You're also looking at like what's the minimum point total you can put there? Nine. Yeah. So you're looking at a minimum total of nine points for for the Wakandans. Yeah. And one of those, or, I mean, and one of those could, is a two point do, character. You could do eight if you do Winter Soldier, but I mean, like. Yeah, I you just know. said you don't want to do Winter Soldier, though. I don't want to do Winter Soldier. I want more Wakanda. See, what I would prefer is if they. I want to see Umbaku. I wanted them to cap it at four to five and introduce more characters like Winter Soldier. Because I think there are more characters that could maybe fit in thematically that don't have a hard right. affiliation that could be really interesting. Right. Like, Spider-Man could be awesome as a rogue agent. I think Venom could be a rogue agent real easy. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man should be an Avenger. me up there, Chris. I mean, I wasn't going to agree with you until you said that. Oh, man. But look, look, Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man actually has been in the Fantastic Four, the Avengers. Um, he was in the Defenders. X- X-Force. He's in X-Force. Like yeah, Spider-Man, he's a perfect character for that kind of thing. Like, Spider-Man is a perfect character for a rogue affiliation. Wolverine could end up not. being a rogue affiliation character, in yeah. my opinion. Will, help us out, please. Yeah, so, I mean, but I think to answer the question, I think five to six is a sweet spot. Um, it, just some, it gives you some variation. Yeah. So, if I'm playing Avengers, we're not all playing the same exact characters as Avengers. Yeah, so. yeah I think five to six is probably Avengers at least has some interesting choices with the point totals. I agree. Yeah. They, they, got, they range from two to six, which is awesome. All right. So, next up, Art Die Art. That's a good name. Uh, do you guys think we will see more attacks that can choose what type of damage, uh, which damage they will be? Kind of like Metallic Fury from Ultron. I, I don't want that necessarily. I think that's really good for Ultron. I think if you put that on more characters, though, part of the intricacy of building teams is building around a particular type of damage that you want to exploit like energy attacks because you know energy defense is a little lower or yeah, mistake, that kind of stuff. Wouldn't you like the flexibility to be able to say this can go either way? I mean it would be nice but I don't think that it would be beneficial to the game to have every character be able to do every damage type. I don't think every character but there definitely should be like I mean, it makes sense thematically yeah. 
Yeah, like he he actually mentions like Doctor Strange in this post as well, mm-hmm. um, which that makes sense. Like Doctor Strange being able to do like an energy or a mystic attack, right? And they already kind of do that because every character has a physical and a energy attack usually. Um, no, most of them. No. Yeah. No. Who who doesn't? Um, Gamora, Zemo, Crossbones, Crossbones, Cap. You want me to keep going? How many? Yeah, keep going. Um, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, <laughs> you uh, ran out, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> some wrong words on that. I mean, I'm nothing but a humble pirate here, but I actually agree. Um, I can't say intricacies properly, but um, uh, <laughs> I agree. Like, I think maybe like it would make sense. Like, um, the doctor, like art, 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 die, art. Putting, I'm gonna call him art, art from here on out. Art, art. Put in here about Doctor Strange. Like, yes, that would make sense. So, like, certain characters, but if we start having an overabundant of, well, this character can do it, and now this character can do it, now it's going to be the Oprah Winfrey uh, Crisis Protocol well, game. And I no, kind of feel like that's not what Oprah Winfrey does. I feel like attacking characters already have an advantage because of how strong attacks are versus defense. So, if you also give them the opportunity to pick the lowest defense on the target they're attacking all the time, it's just going to be overwhelming. Yeah, like that, that. that's probably the best argument against it. Um, but I, I definitely think there's characters that should have it. Like, I, yes. I do think that Strange should be one that could do yeah. it. If it makes sense thematically, I'm cool with it. So, but I, I like I like I, that Loki does. I feel like Iron Man should. Loki can't do that. Little, he has one of each. No, 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 no. He can't. he's talking about an attack that you get to pick. Oh, I I see. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think, yeah, it, removing like if it's the right character and it's thematic and it's very rare. Sure, but if it's like the next two waves, everybody gets it. Like, no, that's boring. Yeah, I, I think it gets abusive at that point. Yeah. Well, it's just it's just uninteresting. You don't even have to think about it. It's like I just make the best attack versus your worst defense. Yeah. How is that fun? How actually, it's not necessarily a fun issue. It's just how does that stretch you as a player to have a good experience where you're just kind of given freebies? Like, I don't want that. It, it is kind of a freebie. Um, yeah. So I, I think the fact that it sticks on, like it's on an Ultron, a four point character, right? There's a certain amount of investment you have to make into that character, into your roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that might've been part of the reason why he can only throw terrain, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, he's points, got that super yeah. flexible attack that can do either or. Uh, and, and maybe the give there was like, all right, you can have this cool attack, but you can't throw characters. You can only throw terrain. Which is funny because when I think about it, Ultron fits a very interesting niche just yeah. in general. Cool character. Yeah, Ultron is pretty cool, man. Um, anything else on that one, guys? No. All right. I think it's a really good question. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a really good question. So I'm going to go to next question I'm going to go to um, is Dizzard. Um, he's asked a couple questions, but I think this is the one I really want to go over the one about my Venom tattoo because it's not Venom, it's Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with his other question about, uh, if you could change one thing about the game, what would it be? Uh, I'm yeah. assuming I, I, I do want to put some clarifications here because this could take a moment. I do assume he's talking about the game mechanically, not like a price point or the models or the yeah. assembly. Yeah, no, like, I'm not worried about playing. anything anyway. Okay, I, I just want to clarify that so we're all in the same, like the listeners and our team are all on the same page. So we're not we're going with game mechanics. We're not going with price point, release schedule, blah blah blah. We're going with actual game mechanics or rules. I, I um, think. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I, I'm just I'm going to go out here and say it because I I think it's we're going to have an article about it soon. Is throws how damaging throws are. 
oh god, if you if you, if you build a list that doesn't have throws in it, uh, you're doing something wrong. Oh yeah, like, man, throws are powerful right now. I was I, hurting I'm today really... without throws in Wakanda. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, oh, go ahead. Uh, just, I think that's like like that. I don't think that needs to be changed. Like I like the idea about it, but the fact that it's just so powerful. Like maybe a simple change could be okay. I'm gonna throw this building. Oh, I'm gonna throw this character and it's a size four character and, and add one to it and it's an automatic hit. It's like why do you get to add one to it and make it an automatic hits? Like may, maybe you don't add the one to it, maybe you don't make it automatic hits. I don't know, but that seems brutal, you know? Yeah, mine was gonna be about throws too. I was gonna say I don't think they should be tied to attacks. I think they should just be purely superpowers. Throws. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's I like, interesting. I like that. I like that. Okay. So, so my response was going to actually, it was initially going to be cover, and then I actually realized uh, that is more or less the band-aid of the real problem, and that, in my opinion, is terrain. I do not believe the mechanics for the way terrain is built in this game is good, um, Coming, especially coming from a lot of other games where terrain, I understand the concept of like throwing it, and it's really cool and thematic, but like cover in this game is arguably trash. Um, it doesn't happen very often. It's pretty minimal, and I don't like the fact that every game I play, I look at the terrain and ponder, kind of like what Chris was saying a couple weeks ago, uh, what is the damage threshold of a given quadrant that I'm in? I feel like terrain should be terrain, not damage. Um, and I, I would really hope that Atomic Mass Games somehow curbs or at least turns terrain more into terrain than oh i'm just gonna throw this and just deal free damage or force a, a defense roll because to me that feels extremely unthematic like i know in the movies things get thrown and you like it's a part of the comics and it's cool to visually see in media like it's cool when hulk throws something or, you know, um, Scarlet Witch uses her powers to throw something. That looks really cool when you're reading it or you're watching a movie. But when you're playing a game and it turns terrain into a mathematical equation, especially coming from other games where terrain is terrain, like you use it to move around, it blocks line of sight, use it for strategy, not to add extra damage. Like in Warhammer, you can't hide behind a building and it has you roll extra dice when shooting your opponent. That doesn't that's not how train works that's not how train works in real life either so i don't like the fact that in the game structure it is completely unthematic and uninteresting to me personally dude i, I love throws i know you do the other well, suggestion yeah, i do. was going to make was that you can't throw characters into other characters just terrain no no i want i want to throw oh boy <laughs> well because throwing characters into other characters makes bodyguard a lot worse uh, makes rocket characters like Rocket and Groot, where you want to play them in tandem, a lot worse. It, it does a lot to screw up potential cool synergies with characters. I, 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 it's just it's just a weird situation because like it's thematic and it makes sense, but it's also not as much fun from a strategic standpoint because it's like why attack when I can throw or reduce it, the damage thematic. or something. It's thematic, it makes sense, but it doesn't have to be so oh boy prevalent. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't so oh boy, like why add the one to it? Why make it guaranteed? Like I mean, it, it. I get it. Captain America may not be the most dynamic, dodgy person out there, but I'm gonna he's getting a car thrown at him. He's just gonna oh look, here's a car. Let me block it with my face. You know that's not gonna happen. You know he, he he's gonna try to dodge it. I mean, it, 
like the only character that doesn't get damaged by this is he is spider-man he got his, he has his spider senses which that's thematic that makes sense but uh, this is i'm gonna get this car thrown at me and it's guaranteed three hits i'm gonna get this truck thrown at me and it's a guaranteed five hits like well and that, that's the other thing right like like why attack i'm just gonna throw and get five hits well and that that's the other thing you talk about spider-man right like spider-man can block like let, let's say he blocks three when you throw a truck at him he's still taking two it's pretty good like he rolled rolled and then re-rolled and got all blocks I mean, okay great he blocked three. Oh, i'm still taking two it's half my life i only have five life <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Will and the other designers the benefit of the doubt and say that when they were putting the game together, they didn't imagine degenerates like Todd playing. Uh, yeah, he's he's smiley because he knows I'm right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Todd, if Todd likes it, you're not gonna like it. I think I think the weirdest thing to kind of add on to this, the weirdest thing in the game is like when you get dazed, you're still there. So like. You can get people thrown into a dance character, and you like that's one of the most bizarre rules in the game of any game I've ever played. Like, you're still technically there. I'm, but you I'm can't glad do you're anything. still there too, because that gives me one free damage. Yeah, yeah, and that's the, that's the weirdest thing is like you're out of the game, but you're still a liability. I really hope they're like you leave the model there, but if you're like thrown, you can get thrown through it or something, because it's just the most in my head, it's the most backwards thing where it's like. You're knocked out cold, but you're a stone wall somehow. Just, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Like you, you literally block throws, and you are thrown into for damage. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Not even but, thematically or mechanically. Like, here's the thing. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on a tangent on this, but even though I play it because I have to, but okay, I'm gonna pay. What's the average throw? The average throw costs two or three, right? Two, two to three, yeah. yeah. Two is probably the safe app. Well, I mean, it's actually three. It's two. It's actually it's three, but it's it's caps discount that makes it two. The average Which throw is the is average. Three. The average throw is three if without Captain America. Right. right? So with Captain America, the average throw is two. And if you're with Vision, your average throw is one. I'm going to throw this character into another character for one or two. Okay, even if I'm paying full price because I'm playing Cabal, I'm going to throw this character for three power into another character and guarantee. One damage on the character I threw, I'm going to guarantee two, um, three to four hits on the character it got thrown into, and I get to move your character all for an average cost of two to three power. That's 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 insane. Like if you're not building your list around being able to do that, to be able to move your opponent's characters and guarantee one damage on one the one that you're moving and guarantee oh, and you're throwing four. from the character you're throwing, not from your base. Yeah. Yeah, and so if you're not doing that, if you're not building your list around being able to do that, I mean, and someone else is, the person that, that is is going to have an automatic advantage because they don't have to roll dice. They just, I'm going to do this. Well, and you're going to take it. I think the bigger problem isn't the dice. It's the uh, area bubble that you have control over that they don't. Like, your area to do damage and affect the board is so much larger than someone who doesn't have a throw because you can affect people not only within the range of the throw, but you're throwing from that person. So like, for example, if you're Thor, you have a range two. So it's a three inch bubble. If you target someone in that bubble and they're at the maximum distance, a base is about 1.4 inches. So you, you have a, a giant bubble of 4.4 inches. And then if you throw 
that model from wherever it is. It's a medium throw, which is an additional five inches plus the base. So it's six point sometimes. So you have just added, you've gone from where you are and you've added in six. So you almost have a 10 inch range from, from a throw. That's almost a third of the field. That's crazy. That's, ins- that's, that's huge. Throws, you know, I think throws just needs to be toned down some. Like yeah. It's too it is, they're, they're, they're fine. Keep it. it needs to stay. I, I, I love the fact that it's there. It needs to stay. It just needs to be toned down. Yeah. I, I wanted to clarify that it's not that we don't want them there. I think being able to throw training was one of the things we were all super excited about getting. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> but they are definitely above the curve. I love it. I know you do. You know what? I don't want to I change know. terrain at all. <laughs> you know what? I have a great idea. I think I'm just going to go get one of those giant helicarrier models and make you play on it every game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, I will say the only thing that I think needs a change is that I do feel like Gamma Launch is above the curve. Um, uh, only because it's an out-of-turn activation. Um, that, yeah. that allows you to piggyback onto another character's activation that's getting thrown. Um, Make it an activation to be much, much, much so, more balanced. So if, if they made it Hulk's activation or if they made it cost an action with Hulk, like that would be uh, that would be probably the right balance for it. Because I think that's actually more the problem than the throw um, is the fact that you can do that and then follow it up with the throw. Well, yeah, like I was saying, the throw removes one and a half to two turns of setup. Yeah. So the throw isn't as much of an issue as it is the fact that you get to basically skip two turns. Yeah, to you start mean the launch. Yeah. Like, so we're getting a lot. Like, so you're you're talking about the launch, pretty much giving you an extra character activation. Yes. Um, as opposed to the throw you get with the second activation of the character, quote unquote. Yeah. 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 I I, I still think that Gamma Launch is probably the most problematic card. Um, and probably one of the most problematic issues. Now, now that said, it requires you to take Hulk, and and Hulk, as we've said probably since we've seen him, is a finesse character. He's not yeah. a bully. He's a uh, low point uh, objective character, yeah. specifically. Yeah, and he has to be played in a very specific way yeah. in order to get value out of him. Yeah, I and that's agree. one of the things that adds value that makes him worth putting in a list because otherwise, yeah, I mean, that- it's hard to justify him. Like you could probably tell me Hulk is seven points, and I'd probably still play him with with launch as is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just launch somebody else. Yeah, you know it's it's funny that uh, all the things that we're saying needs to be fixed all affect BDT. I know. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> and we came up with it. We're like, ah, the, the two times Todd's lost to it have basically been by accident slash he misplays. So yeah. <laughs> the list is kind of broken um, because all the things that we need to fix. So <laughs> well, you know, and as you guys work on like the Oprah Winfrey show, that's all centered that's around throws. It is. Um, <laughs> show is just as bad yeah oh boy there'd be a lot of throwing <laughs> in the jerry springer show I want, I want, like, that's a, what you should a, call it a steve bodyguard character that just comes in and like oh, pulls dude, away one yeah. of the enemies let's do it like locks him down for a turn let's totally that's, do it that's, that's, that's the one that runs venom yeah there you go venom is steve we're gonna start calling no. him steve. <laughs> no no todd's already he does he's not playing the list now no i'm out that's cool you chris you and me will work on that one <laughs> i think the steve list would be uh, pretty good actually that, that's that's it Todd, you have the Oprah Winfrey show. I have the Steve one because uh, the the variance is I take out Marvel and I add in Venom. So, um, all right. So Danny, our local boy, uh, has a question. Mike, are you ready? Uh oh. 
Three. It has to do with Venom. Ah, oh, Jesus. Steve? <laughs> Steve. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike, what is the secret to beating BDT? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've done like three podcasts trying to figure it out. We don't know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, here's the secret. Here's the secret. You need, you need play reps against BDT. You need to have your list. And you need to not deviate your play style trying to avoid what BDT is going to do. Um, Sookie did a good job when he was talking about um, for, you know, not playing into what BDT does, not playing into doing the attacks. Um, if you have a control list, um, you don't need to run the Wakanda Wave or Wakanda Kids, whatever you want to call it, to, to play against BDT. Um, but you need to play your game, and you need reps and experience against it. That's 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 how you beat BDT. You can't just be like, um, well, I heard this list beats BDT, so I'm just going to play it and then play against it and then oh boy, because you're not going to when when it you're going to be shocked as crap the first time door goes off and you're just like, oh god, in heaven, you know. So you need reps. You need to see what the list, the list does. You need to learn the ins and outs of your list and being able to build your overall ten ten man roster. To have that list and your cards fit inside of it while still being functional on the other point values, if I'm making sense. That that and that's the rub, right? Like, so so here's the other thing: if you want to beat BDT um, and you win the priority roll, pick blue, keep them off it. Um, yeah, uh, pick. Re- I mean, well, pick red and just pick a higher point value. Uh, yeah, or that. Like, I mean, like, but if they if they win the roll and they pick blue and they pick fifteen and then you're stuck playing it. You just you need reps. You need to see yeah. what that list does, and you need to be able to adapt. Todd's one of Todd's best things with that list is that he has so much experience with it that when you pull out what you think is a counter, Todd's gonna be like, "Oh, I see what you're trying to do here. I'm gonna change my play style." So you need to be able to change it along with him and force, as Sugi was saying, those bad decisions. Yeah, I, if you I can't force that. You can't beat the list. I, I think fluidity with your list, like. And, and, and developing a comfort level with your list at different point totals is extremely huge. Like with with this TTS league and with some of these um, games that I've played on TTS and other stuff, like w- when I play that list, my, my turn one is pretty much cut and paste. If you've watched any of the stream games I've played, my turn one is, is almost always the same. Now, with, with that said, if you watch turn two in those games everything's different i i have a game plan for turn one but i have to be able to adjust what i'm doing with that list based on what you're doing so if you can come up with a way to play through turn one that gets through that effectively you're ahead of the curve against the list um i i I feel like this list the way it plays turn one is paramount um and, and and what it's trying to set up now, as Mike has seen in the past in, in games we've played, and I haven't done it on TTS yet because I'm not trying to give it all up, <laughs> um, I can play that list differently. Uh, and, and I can play it in an in a entirely different manner where it sets up differently going into turn two based on what I'm playing against. But that also comes in the fact that you've played 25, 30 games with the list. Right. And you're comfortable with it as well. Right. So, like I said, Reps. If you're going to play it against it, you need to have just as many reps with your list against it as they have playing as it. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I, it kind of goes back to what we when we made the um, analogy with this game to chess, um, where where you have to pick your pawn and and be willing to sacrifice um, to set up a long term play. 
Uh, and, and that's the trick. Like you're not taking a character in your list to be a sacrificial character. Like every character that you pick for your 10, your, your 10 character lineup, you've picked for a particular reason. And, and that list is pretty much telling you out the gate, pick one you don't want um, and, and pick one that, that, that you're comfortable with sacrificing. And, and you have to make a commitment to the idea that I'm probably going to give up this character, but if I can learn the positioning from there and adjust to the play without that character, that is the right call. Um, now, as the BDT player, I have to decide if that's a bait or if that's my target. Uh, and, and that comes with reps for the BDT players as well. Like you have to decide which which are the valuable targets and which are the targets you need to control and counter, or do you go for what they give you? Uh, and, and and that's that's kind of the trick both ways. Like this game, like oh boy, everything you know from any other game. Like this game is not as simple as a linear decision. This game is very fluid, um, so you have to be able to adapt on the fly. I mean that that's most war games in general. Yeah. All right, enough about BDT. Well, I was going to say, I have a couple strategies. Um, I've given up trying to attack this on the game board. Instead, I'm going for gamesmanship. I will, (laughs) as soon as I see Todd roll, I will immediately jump on that. Be like, oh, that's tough, man. You're rolling pretty bad today. Like, get him tilted. Like, oh, that sucks. Man, those are all misses. That's weird. Um, Or I'll be like, dang, you're looking good today. Did you get all, like, the crumbs out of your beard? Cause so, what? <laughs> I got chrome. See, you got him right now. Wow. Oh boy! I'll be Check. like, I'll be like that. Uh, Venom tattoo is looking real good today, Todd. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> and if all else fails, I'll just put like a knife on the table. And be like, <laughs> I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> <laughs> if that Thor throws a character, somebody's getting cut, and it's not gonna be me. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I'm good for a knife fight. <laughs> you might get me though. <laughs> I'm probably gonna bleed, but you know what? I'll be there. Um, I, I do think Todd can attest to that because I used some of that against him in the games we played. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't believe you missed all those rolls, man. That sucks. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> like I got to get better with that. Like that, that. If 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 you're playing me, uh, this is just me. I can't attest for anybody else. Some other people might be very easygoing. Um, and and you, if you watch my games with Suggy, when I miss, like it, it cuts deep. Yeah. <laughs> It, it cuts deep, so like there, there is definitely some of that. Um, there, there is a little bit of tilt in this this old man. The, <laughs> be the venom so tattoo you know, is looking real good, by the way. You are you a discard <laughs> you, you know what? I, I, I'm not talking to Dizzard anymore. All right, we got we got one last question, uh, and, and, and I think it's a valuable one. Has TTS helped? I'm sorry. From Final Flash 17, has TTS helped your game on the tabletop? No, because I haven't played it same. on TTS. I haven't played on TTS yet. Yeah. Oh. So so here's here's the thing about TTS. TTS gives you a lot of information that you can't get on a tabletop in a basic game. Todd's mad that I measure inches. Yes, I am. Like because that Todd's Todd's very bitter that I use that as a tool against right, him. Right, because you shouldn't be able to do that. But neither <laughs> here nor there. The fact that you can do that on TTS is very valuable for when you actually play on a tabletop. Because it gives you the ability to better estimate where you are. That's it helps you see those bubbles that don't technically exist. Yeah. But like it's kind of like I said, and I believe it was the last episode. Um, a chess master taught me 
when you use the knight, you have to see it like a spider. Yeah. It has four legs in the front, four legs in the back. A lot of people don't see that. Yeah. In Marvel Crisis Protocol, every character has this invisible threat bubble. That's what I call it. And it can fluctuate based on, oh, hey, I came in range of a, a character or a piece of terrain. So my threat bubble went from my attacks only do range two to now I have a medium throw. So I have an extra five inches on top of this. So my threat bubble instantly like doubles or triples sometimes. And you have to like see where threat bubbles are and how to either avoid them or to make your threat bubble increase so you can start putting pressure on your opponent. And it, it doesn't exist until certain things kind of line up, but you never want to telegraph that by measuring and being like, well, if I move here and they move there and like, like they can see what you're trying to do. So you have to like invisibly like in your mind be like, okay, here's my threat bubble. If I move over here where Captain America or Hulk is, then I can throw them and then I can hit that guy over there. So like I can affect everything within like, you know, a 12 inch or, you know, 10 inch range. Okay. That's good. Or if you're on the receiving end, I need to be, you know, eight to 10 inches away from this character because they can, you know, do something bad to me. Yeah. Well, my, my other point with this is for me, my most valuable games come on a tabletop. Um, and that's primarily because of the guys that I get to play locally. Um, Chris, Mike, uh, our other silent member, Rick, who showed up from one episode <laughs> and disappeared. Yeah, he's not silent, silent anymore. He's just silent. Yeah, he's just quiet. We'll call him quiet, not silent. <laughs> okay. Qu- quiet Rick instead um, of silent Rick. And, and the way that we play our games, I think if you guys saw the streams that we did um, from here, like we, we talk through our plays a little bit more, uh, even when we're playing like competitively against each other, where we're talking about the angles that we see and what we can do. Um, and, and that's super beneficial because you have another set of eyes that are paying attention to what you're doing and the positioning that they're in. Um, and, and what they see that you can do. Uh, and, and these guys are instrumental uh, for, I, 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 in my opinion, we're instrumental for each of us to get better. And that extends to the rest of the group of people that we've got. We've got 10 or 12 players, man. Like all of the guys, like we sit down when we go through these games, we try and find those angles and see what other people are seeing that we're not. And, and our play styles vary so much that the input that we get from each other is with a completely different mindset that we might not have been aware of otherwise. Um, and I don't get that on TTS. Uh, because, like, for me, TTS is an idea or, or a place for me to go and test what I know and, and find flaws and weaknesses, right? Like, that's that's what I want to do with TTS. I want to find the holes in my game and try and tighten them up. The shop is where I get, and, and live games is where I get the most input, because, like me and you were talking earlier, this is a, a, a 3D game. Um, and on TTS, it's really easy to lose the 3D aspect and see it more 2D, which, which changes the scale and the scope of everything. Um, and, and for me, tabletop is where I'm going to learn the most because I'm going to have table layouts to work with. Uh, and, and I'm going to have people giving me input and feedback right in front of me. From, from guys that, like, I've played other games with that I value that opinion so much of. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're trustworthy. You, you've got a great network of players to learn from, and that's kind of, like, one of the biggest takeaways from playing this game at your local friendly game store. Like, I know we can't all do that right now because there's a pandemic, but uh, the moment we can... If you want to get better, the best way you can get better is play the game at your local game store because 
You're going to make friends. You're going to get the reps in you need. You're going to start to see more lines of play. You're going to understand how characters work. You're going to understand how teams work. You're going to understand how play styles work, you know, control, aggro, mid-range, all these different things. It comes with reps. It doesn't just magically happen. All right, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while. We did four questions, right? Yeah. Chris, what number is that? Two. Uh, so question two. Who was question two? I believe that was Art Die Art. Hey, Art Die Art, hit me up on Discord. I'm going to give you either a Gamora Nebula pack or Corvus and Proxima. Ooh. Wow. What? Oh, spicy. He doesn't, give the, he doesn't even right. give those to us. I don't give Oh, a, boy. Man, I'm just giving Oh, boy. <laughs> no, he, he, gives us a good, he gives us a good learning experience. So, no, congratulations, Art. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, Art, Art. That's really cool. So, Thank as soon as they yeah. come out, like, I don't have the cool Asmo Day connection where I got my stuff already. But as soon as they actually hit um, my store, I will... Send them out to you, and we'll we'll definitely send you a uh, we'll have Todd send you a PM in Discord in case you didn't hear this, but um, better hear yeah, it. That's so cool. That already looks more <laughs> <our> show. <laughs> so. All right, well, we're gonna wrap up the show. That was a really good episode. I think as we go further, um, there's there's a lot more there's a lot of space to explore, and uh, if anyone has a list they specifically want us to test, especially against BDT, because that's kind of the hot topic right now. Uh. Uh, just just let us know in Discord. I'll be I'll I'll pilot it. That's fine. Todd can get more reps. BDT, man, I'm tired of BDT. Ta- what? I, I don't I don't mind playing against BDT trying to test. I really don't. I don't mind playing BDT either. And and Todd loves playing BDT. So yeah, if you if you have a question if you have a question like for a legitimate list, don't be like okay, I'll two drops like that ain't gonna happen. I'm not playing that list, but. Um, you know, if, if people are trying to actually solve the meta and come up with a good list, I'd be more than happy to give it a whirl against Todd and just, you know, see what, how it works. All but two drops sounds that, exactly like your kind of list. <laughs> I'd love it. Thank you. I mean, I, I've postulated it, but right now it, it just can't happen. There's, there's not enough to, I think I would rename BDT Pac-Man. Y'all gotta stop. Yeah. Nom, 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 you're, you're just gonna, you're just gonna nom nom. Cause they don't have any, any, they don't have any way to maneuver you off the board and they don't do enough damage to win the game, unfortunately. So one day we'll try it, but not right now. I need, I need the nebula. <laughs> That might help. Maybe Wong. He might be a two-drop. Anyways, we're getting on out of here. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for listening. Check out the Discord. As you just heard, we gave away something for free. We didn't tell anybody. It was a surprise to even us who were recording the episode. I knew it. So you never... Well, Todd. I knew I was we doing it. Good job, Todd. I knew it. We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't see know. the future. So, oh, and follow, surprise, follow the surprise. Twitch stream too, man. Yeah, check out the Twitch channel. We'll have all that linked in the show notes below. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time. And as always... Excelsior! Excelsior!